and welcome to Thinking Outside the Box with me, Tim Box. And me, Britt Box. We talk about all things to do with your mental health and emotional well-being and how to navigate your own mind in these strange times. But we're not doctors, so please don't confuse any of our advice for medical advice. And even though we come at these subjects with a slightly more light-hearted approach, please don't think we're attempting to trivialise any of the topics we talk about because we're certainly not. But we do come from a slightly different perspective, hence Thinking Outside the Box. Look at that. Do let me sleep now. Well done. I'm very, I'm very impressed. I'm just having a nightmare with my microphone. <laughs> so oh, really? You so, keep talking. <laughs> so if I, if I play this back and I can hear all this. <laughs> yeah, there might be a bit of a, a ruffle. Look, it's just twisting in for some reason. What, is it time to get proper recording equipment? It might be. Maybe. Don't tell people. As far as they know, we've got a full set up studio. I think from the sound quality that we're aware, <laughs> we do not have a full set up studio. We did say at episode 10, we would get some proper recording equipment. I know. And, that and what happened. episode is it now? 28. 28. Oh, I had to look at your notes because I had absolutely no idea. We're losing count now, aren't we? Mm. Okay, we would have thought we got to 28 We're episodes. still not at um, proper podcast territory, though, are we? When, do we, when do we become a proper podcast? Wasn't it 100? 100? I thought it was 100 episodes. Yeah, but if you do an episode a week, that's like two years. Yeah. I suppose that's, you know, I suppose you've paid your dues then, haven't you? You've, Maybe it's 50. Let's say it's 50. <laughs> let's say it's 28. Yeah, let's say it's 28. <laughs> and we now officially become a proper podcast. Um, but no, thank you for still listening to the podcast, by yes. the way, everyone that's still listening. I was talking to a friend the other day who was saying she listens to our podcast while she's having a run. Oh. Which, I, you know, is bizarre. Is someone chasing you? Yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, listening to a mental health podcast would be the least of your concerns yeah. in that instance. That's the only reason I would run. But because uh, I, I realise we listen to podcasts when we drive, don't we? Yes. That's the only time we put a podcast on. No, I listen to podcasts when I'm making dinner or I'm doing stuff in the kitchen. That's why you'll come in and you'll hear about murders as I'm chopping ah, onions. Ah, that's true, yeah. Well, it's the only time I listen to a podcast is when I'm driving because it's one of those things, one of the few things you can do whilst driving and not endangering your life. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, wherever you are listening to the podcast, thanks for listening. Thank you very much. Thanks. We looked at the little map the other day, didn't we? And we saw people from all over the world. Literally all this. over the world. People in Australia. Canada. Canada, obviously Canada. Obviously. Really? <laughs> um, Everyone in Canada is related to me some, somewhere along the line, I think. You're convinced they are, although of course <laughs> they're actually not. Um, but moving on, George Washington's uh, grandmother married one of my ancestors. Oh, check, who's so done, check who's done some. Uh, who's done an ancestry, ancestry. family tree? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You spit in a tube. A few weeks later, you know who you're related to. Yes, and some of us have a full coloured in map, and some of us it just says London. <laughs> Look, I've got no problem with that. I wasn't expecting to come from You're not far exotic, flung, are you, babe? Really. You're not exotic. Well, I mean, not in heritage-wise, obviously, as an individual, you're maybe. Like, you're like, you know, just like a, you're like a Granny Smith apple, and I'm like a whole fruit basket. Amazing. <laughs> I think, yeah, I thought you are a bit of a fruit basket. <laughs> <laughs> um, brilliant, wonderful. Brilliant. Well, that was a fantastic intro. Um, yeah, I think we've done well there. I would just like to jump in before we start talking about today's episode, just to say... Um, with this one, we will be referencing um, suicide and other parts of mental health in that vein. So this is just a little a little warning, a uh, little content warning for you that that is the um, avenue we're going to be going down today. Obviously, we will keep it as light as we possibly can. You know that's what we do in true thinking outside the box style. But I just wanted to give a little heads up just in case yes. you weren't in the headspace for that today. Well, not all topics can we bring the lols every moment because some Sadly things. Not. Yeah, I, mean, I think I think you know you guys know that we try and we try and keep it light, but there are moments when we do have to talk about serious things because we're talking about mental health, yes. and uh, at the end of the day, that's not always a laughing matter. It's not. Yeah, it's but not. today's topic is well, you you suggested this one, men's mental health. Yes, I did yeah. because some of you, if you follow me on Instagram, uh, you may know that last year. Uh, one of our very good friends um, took his own life and um, he, it was last, uh, last Easter, that's the word I was looking for, God, I couldn't, couldn't think of the word there, it was around, it was around last Easter um, and it was his birthday uh, this week, I mm. believe, um, so obviously I'd been thinking about him mm. and it just kind of came to me, actually, I'd really like to talk about men's mental health. Now, obviously, mm. I know I am a woman, um, so... Well, I'm a man. Exactly. So We've can... kind of got all bases covered. <laughs> um, but, you know, men's mental health is kind of sometimes a little a beast all on its own. And, and I feel yeah. like everyone who listens to this will either be 
or know um, uh, a man who has struggled with his mental health. And I feel there is a little bit more sort of stigma attached to it. Um, and we just kind of wanted to break that down, talk about it and, and give some sort of, you know, helpful advice from our end for if you know or have any men in your life that may be struggling. Yeah, well, I think there's been a lot of uh, light shone onto this topic in recent uh, recent years. Thank God. Um, yeah, yeah it's been it's been overdue, and and I think you know generally the attitude towards this topic is is gradually changing. Mm. But I'm also aware that we exist in a bit of an echo chamber because we engage with you know social media accounts that recognise this and talk about this. Yeah, and we probably don't engage with social media accounts that are all about toxic masculinity and misogyny, you know. So mm. I'm aware that we have this perspective that, oh, yeah, we're starting to talk about it. The conversation is open. People feel more able to discuss mental health if you're a man. But, again, I still think there's a lot of work to do because every day I encounter the kind of attitude um, that is kind of putting men's mental health on the back burner in, in people's everyday lives, I mm. should say. You know, it's one thing seeing, you know, the, the sculptures at the top of that building that that time oh, remember, God, yeah, that, um, was... that were representing all the men that commit suicide. You know, it's one thing having it on the news and seeing programs about it. But in people's homes, there's still, you know, it's still not uncommon no. for the man to feel like he just can't talk about any mental health struggles that mm. he's having. And again, I always I always feel the need when we start using the term mental health to just qualify what we're talking about. We're not saying, yeah, talk about it because you've got a mental health problem or you're mentally ill. Mental health and the management of that is no different than managing your physical health, you know, eating the right things, exercising, getting your rest. Your mental health should be paid attention to in the same way you would pay attention to your physical health. When we feel an ache or a pain, we probably seek to work out what's wrong and do something about it. When we're struggling emotionally, we should do the same thing. Because if we do that, if we're mindful of it, if we take care and pay attention to it, then it stops it getting out of control and to the point where we reach crisis point. Absolutely. And that's the problem with men's mental health is that there's not enough done early doors mm. to stop men getting to crisis point. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And obviously, as as with all things, you know, whenever we single out a certain group, so like for instance, for this, uh, this episode, we want to talk about men's mental health, we obviously aren't negating, you know, women's mental health, we're not negating children's mental health, you know, but it's just, this is the topic we'd like to shine a light on, because yeah. I kind of think, you know, the stats show that, mm. you know, that the there is this insidious underlying problem that that we have as a society, I think. But there certainly is. And there's two things. Well, let's let's start with some stats, some general stats. And then I want to give you some stats about my experience, as in my practice and my interaction that Absolutely, I get online, yeah? yeah? Um, obviously coming at it from a mental health professional perspective. Yes. Rather than just, hey, I'm on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> um, so apparently, and these are, these are fairly recent stats that, that get cited um, these days. It's only in the last couple of years, I think. So men are three times more likely to take their own life. Yeah. Um, between 40 and 49 is the highest, as in ages, 40 to 49 is the highest rate of suicide amongst men. Right. 75% um, of all suicides are male. Mm. Um, and suicide is the largest cause of death in the under 50s, in men in the under 50s. Which is insane. Yeah, it's, it's crazy when you think about it, that every, you know, the, the group of people under 50, the the way people are going out is is by taking their own life. Yeah, you know, and that I mean that's got to that's got to suggest there's something systemic wrong with with what we've got going on societally here. Well, considering yeah. they say you know that isn't it one in one in two people get cancer these days, and one in one in three or four people will you know will have like a heart condition or this that and the other. So mm. considering that number is is that high. Yeah, you know yeah, it's yeah. it's it's something that we need to to look into. You know, yeah. and I think. I mean, Absolutely. obviously, we're going to talk about this throughout the course of this podcast, but I don't think it takes a genius to work out why that's so high from my point of view. And obviously, again, mm. I'm a woman, so obviously my perspective is slightly different, mm. but I know that the it's it's the culture. Yeah, I yeah. think you know. Yeah, well, this this is, as you say, this is going to be a theme where we come we come back to. But I know a lot of people. I say a lot of people. There are certain voices out there that would kind of deny that there's there's a there's a stigma or there's a there are people out there that deny the existence of dinosaurs so 
and so I don't think we have anything to yeah but I mean but this is it, but, but in my personal experience I can give you my perspective on this right mm. I know that in my practice so the people that come and see me as a to client. deal as a client mm. to deal with mental health issues it's roughly 70% female right. and and that's a that's a conservative estimate there normally it's a little bit higher than 70% I think in recent years as in the recent 18 months to two years mm. um, I've seen more men yes because it's more accessible because mm. they can stay in their home and do it online, online. Yeah. yeah but when you so, actually had people through the door through the door it was it was vast it was in excess of 70 percent female yeah. clients yeah um and this is a man as well you know uh, somebody that's a, a female practitioner will probably have an even higher rate mm. than that um, or maybe maybe a lower rate because men might be feel more comfortable talking to women about these things. Yeah. I don't know. But again, so caveat that with I am a man, obviously, <laughs> uh, in case that hasn't become clear. Um, and, and these are the stats that I'm seeing. But I also have now a fairly active YouTube channel. Yes. Uh, and, you know, YouTube has this thing where you can look at the stats. You can find out the gender of the people watching your videos. You do enjoy looking at stats anyway, don't I you? Do. I, I, can, I can rather fall down the statistics hole uh, when, <laughs> I, when I start looking at that. You know? Not that I do anything about it from looking at no, the stats. No, you just I'm look just at like, it. Oh, look, numbers. Hmm, that's about <laughs> it. It doesn't really inform me in any no. way that changes what I'm doing. But, no. Um, but apparently it's 65% of my viewers are male. Interesting. Yeah. Now, you could argue, oh, yeah, but most people on YouTube are male. Uh, I looked up the stats. 55% of people on YouTube are male. So there's an excessive percentage that are watching my videos compared to the normal percentage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when you think about it, you know, 70% of females are actually reaching out for help, but almost that same percentage of men needing help in some way, researching not, help. Yeah, researching it, but not actually doing anything about it. But not reaching it. out to do something about it. I think I think that speaks volumes, and I know we we've spoken about this before. Men have the attitude of being the let's fix it, yes. Um, whereas women seem much more comfortable. Let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah, and and I think I don't know if that's a cultural thing or if it's in our DNA. Um, it's I like just, when I bring you know when I bring a problem to you sometimes, and I just want to have a moan about it. Yeah, like I just want to moan about it, and then. Ten minutes later, it'll be out of my system and it'll be completely fine. Yes. But, you know, sometimes you will... I mean, you've stopped doing it now. You know, you learned quite early on in our relationship that that's not how... That's not what helps me. Where uh, you'd be like, how do we fix this? What do we do? And I'm like, just let me have a moan. Yeah, You don't yeah. have to do anything. Uh, harking back to last week's podcast, top relationship tip, uh, pay attention. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it does It does feel that way because, you know, sometimes sometimes we just want to have a pitch about it and then, mm. you know, and then, and then leave it, you know? Well, there's that relieving of the pressure thing isn't it it mm. builds up and all the time we're not sharing it and we've just got our own thoughts rattling around in our head absolutely um without a separate without a fresh perspective um i don't know sometimes i think articulating things actually just saying them out loud yeah, yeah. Saying them out, it, so i have this this way of thinking about things in terms of how i work so all of your emotional responses are in your subconscious we become aware of certain ones of them but it's kind of like you know in in the background all that processing that makes us feel certain ways mm. um when we articulate it then we start to slow it down yes. and put it in an order. And then when we're telling someone about it, it's got to make sense mm. or they won't know what we're talking about. Mm. So we do that thing that we maybe haven't had the chance to do previously, which is to slow down the thoughts, structure them slightly yeah. and start to have an idea of cause and effect, as in what's causing me to feel this way, uh, why am I responding in that way and things mm. like that. And sometimes just as you say the words and you get them out there, mm. it can help you. I feel the same way when I'm writing a list. Yeah. Because it just, when you think, what have I got to do today? And it just feels like this big cloud of stuff. Yeah. And then as soon as you actually step by step by step by step, it yeah. just, just getting it getting it out of your head. Yeah. And also as well, it's the thing we fear doing. And I think men experience this to a greater degree than women. Again, apologies if I'm generalising. Of course, we're going to generalise in this one, aren't we? Mm. Um, but when you say those things and the person in front of you sits with them and accepts them and mm. listens rather than going oh my god you're mental or something <laughs> like you know they, it, it's the fear of something's wrong with me yeah. that stops us sharing it yes yeah. and it's and for men it's the fear of being perceived as weak yeah. that stops or it's stops fear of being sharing. laughed at as well yeah. you know men have that a lot more than women do you yeah. know a lot more where they're, they're mm. worried that, that people will laugh at them or people will mock them well, in you, any way you say this don't you when you're talking about female concern mm. compared to a male concern mm. you know the male is terrified the woman will laugh at him the woman is terrified the male will kill her yeah you know and so it, there's different levels of concern going on there absolutely yeah? um and and i think 
yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It is that it is that thing of if we can if we can share thoughts, mm. if we can articulate them, then it it relieves a lot of the pressure. It yeah. takes, takes away the the kind of the amplification process that goes on in your mind when these thoughts are just rattling around. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, that. But, but okay, why do we think? Why do we think it is this way? What that men won't share? Mm. Well. Christ, again, this is more of a social sciences discussion now, isn't it? As in, where did these ideas come from? Mm. Some people will go right back to, well, cavemen days when the men was the hunter-gatherer, he was the strong one and the woman was, was the weak one. But if we're going back to those sorts of times, if we go back to ancient Rome, go on. Christ, all they did was talk about their problems. <laughs> you know, ancient Rome, ancient Greeks, all of that kind of time, the men... Mm. would stand around and they would they would talk they would discuss things and it wasn't mm. just like order of the day stuff it was mm. their their stuff as well like their their personal stuff so at some yeah. point you know over the course of of the millennia mm. you know it kind of the roles became very sort of one way or the other i suppose yeah, like yeah, because yeah. you know you say about like oh hunter gatherers in cavemen times but you know the the men in the the wigs and the powder and the heels of the you know mm. the Renaissance, they yeah. weren't hunter gatherers. Do you know what I mean? Well, okay, not in the not in the caveman sense, no. but they were still the men in Parliament in mm. the pr- positions of power making the decisions. Also, when did men stop wearing like wigs and heels? I you know I'd like. <laughs> I just kind of think, you know... Is well, it... uh, some of us haven't. Well, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, you know when you, you, they talk about... I know we'll get onto this under the sort of, you know, toxic masculinity and all that sort of stuff, but mm. when they talk about how, you know, like, oh, certain clothes are for girls and certain clothes are for boys, which is bullshit, by the way. Mm. You know, one thing I firmly believe, even though I know nothing about children and parenting, is that if you have a little boy and that little boy says to you, I would like to dress up as a princess, cool. You know mm. why? Because it's just clothing. It doesn't mean anything. Mm. And considering heels... And dresses, as in long robes, were made for men. <laughs> you know, yeah, this yeah. idea of clothing having gender, you know, it just it just is bullshit, quite frankly. I can remember mm. as well when I was a little girl and I really, really wanted, there was like, oh, I don't know if you remember these. This was off of the 90s, I think. But it was like a little science kit and mm. it was rubbish and everything. But it had like a tiny telescope and it was like a space one. Mm. And it had like a tiny telescope in it and it had a little map of the moon and it had like all this and that. And I really, really wanted it. And, and my mum bought it for me and, and I got it for Christmas, I think. And I remember opening it and it had on it science kit for boys, mm. you know, because yeah, right. it wasn't. So you wouldn't be able to do that today. No. That wouldn't be allowed. Which is, which is maybe that's a good, that's, pro- yeah. that's progress, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't be able to just say that's for boys, that's for girls. Although there are still very obviously things that are targeted at girls and yeah whereas like i liked all the boys stuff when i was growing up i liked the dinosaur t-shirts i liked the space science kits but it's this you're laughing at me well i'm just <laughs> like your dinosaurs the moon yeah that's the that's a tick list of things that you, you, like you enjoy yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah <laughs> dinosaurs on the moon you it's a, what, a, what a dream come <gasps> dinosaurs true on the moon um but this is what i mean but having these very solidified this is what girls do you know like girls are made of sugar and spice and all things nice and boys like worms and dirt you know it's like it's yeah. just it's just absolute bullshit and i'm just really really pleased that here we are in 2021 hmm. and gender roles and the the you know societal norms of that kind of thing are finally being questioned in an open forum hmm. but i do agree with you that you and i being of you know liberal let people live and do what they want kind yeah. of thing we are in an echo chamber because I saw a thing on TikTok where someone said, if you really want to know what someone's like, look at their For You page, yeah. you know, which is perfectly targeted to your algorithm. Yeah, the TikTok algorithm it's is dangerously, insane, isn't it? Yeah. How accurate it is. Yeah. yeah, so mine is full of, you know, like, you know, LGBTQ and witches and dinosaurs and things that I like. But obviously, if I were to pick up someone else's for you page it, it mm. might not be so i do appreciate that like you say yeah, we do but, live in a bit of a well, well that is that's a bit of a, a microcosm isn't it a representation mm. of what happens with our media interaction because mm. everything that we engage with today will have an algorithm yes. that tells us what do you want to see and this is why the big fear and, and that started with facebook targeting ads oh yeah you know you say something or you, you type in something into google suddenly you're getting a targeted ad at damn you zuckerberg so, exactly but this is and and that's the thing that the guy who came up with that with zuckerberg was part of the committee that decided how we're going to monetize facebook mm. and he was saying that his big fear because of this algorithm they've created this way of doing things on mm. social media they've created is that this is just going to lead to ultimately civil war 
because everyone will just have their opinion polarized yes. in in sort of in increments by 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 stage by stage and before we know it we are all in or all out on everything oh absolutely you know? and you know not to get dreadfully off topic but i can rem- i don't know whether it's just cuz i was younger but certainly growing up i never knew like politics for example obviously we won't talk about politics on this podcast but politics as as a whole mm. like i've never known it to be so polarized yeah, yeah you know yeah. even even back in the day it was like you were you were this team or you were this team and it mm. was just kind of you just got on with it yeah but because of you know social media and because of you know putting it kind of feels like if someone doesn't agree with you mm. then they are wrong. They are scum of the earth. I can't believe it. There's no room for uh, like listening to someone else's opinion anymore. Yeah, yeah. There's no sort of meaningful and productive interactive conversation going on. It's not people aren't looking to learn anything. They're looking to give you their opinion. Exactly. And that's the problem, I suppose. But let's okay. Let's do a deeper dive into this then. Yeah. So we could probably work out a little bit about where this comes from, um, or certainly the the nature of it by working out or talking about what the actual stressors are that men cite yes. in terms of their mental health. And, and you sort of looked this up before I did. we started. I did. And, and the three things that are the main concerns for men, um, work-related stuff, yeah. finance-related stuff, yeah. and health concerns. Mm. So again... The, the first two I was expecting, the third one I wasn't, I'll be honest. I'll be honest, I think the third one, when you said that one, I was like, yes, of course. Oh, really? Because that's probably the thing that I see men for in my in my clinic most right. is their health concerns. And you could you could, you know, group into that concerns about anxiety and panic disorder. Because yeah. because they very much bleed into medical concerns because mm. they, they are they go hand in hand, if mm. you know what I mean. But yeah, actual actual health anxiety is mm. is one of the things that I see men for, maybe more than women. As really? Well. Yeah. That's interesting. That surprises me. Yeah. The first that... two did not surprise me at all though. And the reason why I think it and this isn't obviously we're not saying that women don't have any work or finance pressures because they no. absolutely do. But I think the reason it's listed as as top of men's concerns is under this um illusion, if you will, mm. that oh, men have to be the breadwinner. Men have to bring in the the, the bacon yeah. or the vegan yeah. bacon if it was our house, you know, like they the have bookin. to the bacon, yeah. <laughs> All vegan meat doesn't have any vowels in it. Doesn't it? It's like, it's like bookin, chicken, 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 tuna. You know, <laughs> you know, it's it's that. So it's you know, it's it's that societal pressure, you know, because mm. if we see things, obviously, okay, the term housewife bandied about quite you know quite readily in this day and age house husband Mm -hmm. less so but there are so many like you know you know and it's there's no shame in the like the woman in your life earning more money than you no 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 that's that's the thing and i know that so we've we've gone through different phases of our relationship where you've earned more than me or i've earned more than you yeah and and i've and in fact most of the relationship i've been in it's been that way Mm -hmm. and i think I've been. I've, been I've always been the breadwinner in my my previous relationship. Yeah, and I've not. I've not. When my partner has started to earn more than me, I'll be honest. I haven't felt any pressure mm. to. I haven't felt the need to earn more. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's, but I did feel the kind of relaxing of of the stress in terms of oh that's great then we've got more money coming in I don't have to worry about money so much and I yeah. do I am aware that. Probably, you know this, the only thing that ever really stresses me mm. in, in the strictest sense of the word, word is when money is becoming an issue. Yes. Um, everything else, I can, I'm very, I find it very easy to sort of just allow to go, you know, to think about it when it needs to be thought about and not aside from that. Well, you are the easygoing one in this relationship. <laughs> well, yeah, but, uh, but again, I, I do feel like, I know that we do this. It feels like money mm. is mine to be concerned about, mm. as in to, to focus on and, and make sure we're okay. Things such as our arrangements and our movements are things that you kind of take the lead on. So whenever yeah. we're going somewhere or doing something, you're very much the organiser. Yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah. So there's certain and like, roles. And then the ha- like I organise the household. Yeah, yeah. You know, exactly, I'm, I'm yeah. Very I, as... aware, I'm very aware that I, I as, as the woman in this relationship, I do the more like quite a lot of the housework you the, do the tradition yeah, yeah what we call the traditional woman's role is yeah 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 that's but that's thing. just what we we've fallen into yeah in a way because you know also i would not trust you with my passport if we were out of this house <laughs> 
Look, not one bit. I'd I feel, be like, where's my passport, babe? Unfair. And I you'd be like, I've no idea. We have done trips where I've been in charge of the passport. You've well, never, you've well, never okay. been in charge of the passport. I've held them, I feel. I, I tell you what, that's that's my signal, right? If if you want to know if I've been body swapped, by that's that's what I will put in. You'll would... let me hold the passport. Yeah. I mean, I mean, but, I'm, but that's okay because I'm, you know, I'm not precious about that. No. I don't feel the need to control our ability to exit or enter the country. I remember once I don't think you're going to run off on me. I remember once we were going somewhere, and on the way there, you were like, "Where are we going to park?" And I was like, "I've paid for the parking." And you were like, "Oh, okay." And then we got there, and we parked up, and you were like, "Oh, what are we going to do about this?" I was like, "I've already booked it." Oh, okay. Can like I, look, you can have I just zero say, clue. I feel like the reason why it comes to the day of our holiday, and I've made no thoughts about how we're getting there, <laughs> is because I know you take care of all of that. Yeah? Brilliant. And this is why, when it comes to money, you you will ask me. Are we okay for money for this yeah. sort of thing? Because you know that I've got, I'm, I'm in charge of that, and I've got that oversight. It's like we do have. A do not, of... yeah, do not leave me in charge of the money because I will spend it on Disney stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll have an empty bank account, but a lovely full Disney room. Yes, in the spare room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> lots of Disney items. Yeah, I'm and... not to be trusted. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, you know, we know uh, obviously Paul down at Get Ready Comics. Yes, he knows. Friend of the show, Paul. Yeah, exactly. He's not to uh, just allow you to walk in and start buying stuff without, you know, at some. Point. No, he needs to check with you. This is getting too much now. So I can understand why work and why finances are a stressor. Because, like I say, there is this, um, this overwhelming sort of pressure to to earn the money to be the you know the 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 phrase the man of the house yeah is just you know that needs to get in the bin along with a lot of other things as well. I remember once because obviously I was raised by a single female parent. Yeah. And genuinely, this is how different the times were, if you're younger than me and listening to this. I can remember someone coming to the door, mm. uh, like just a market, like a, a salesperson, I don't yeah. know, double glazing or some shit, and asking to speak to the man of the house. Really? Oh, God, yeah. And my and God. I didn't know what to do. And my mum turned up behind me and they were like, oh, we're just going to speak to the man of the house. And my mum went, that's me. Amazing. Like that, and it's just... Speak to them. What, what did he, they want to speak to him about? The fact they'd just fallen through a time hole <laughs> in the 1920s. <laughs> We're we able to get back to our, our year of origin. Exactly that. Exactly that. So, yeah. So, it's that kind of rhetoric, isn't it, that yeah, I think puts yeah. pressure on it. And can I just say as well, that sort of rhetoric, mm. the whole... Well, let, let's talk about sort of toxic masculinity is what we're talking about, isn't it? Yes. The Which comments, is a bit of a buzzword, but yes, we, yeah, I'd like to talk well, about it. Um, I mean, toxic masculinity has been a buzz phrase for many, many years. It's not new. It's no. not like it's recent. But because um, I remember doing a video on it years ago. Oh, yeah. yeah, you did. I remember that. I was just sitting on the sofa and you walked in and interrupted it and I had to redo a bit of it. Remember? I don't remember that at all. I remember that very vividly. <laughs> <laughs> but then why, why was I doing it in the living room? Well, I don't yeah, know. There you I go. Should have, yeah. Not for your own background. Um, <laughs> oh, memories. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of that thing, isn't it? So let's. we were looking up a definition before we... I was mm. going to say before we came on air. Is that what you were <laughs> like, going to say? Is that what you are going to like say? Like we're broadcasting to the nation. Before we hit record on our yeah. mobile devices. Before you press the, the record button. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, and, and we, we kind of, we were looking at Wikipedia and stuff like that. And we, in the end, we just said, look, sod definition, let's just talk about what it is. Yes. Okay? So I understand toxic masculinity to be the kind of rhetoric mm. where it, it, it displays sometimes misogyny, sometimes homophobia. The idea that um, the man has to be the strong one and the emotionally detached one mm. um, and be kind of, I don't know, the, the rock almost, yeah. yeah? That, that's where... Uh, and Dwayne, it's, Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne the, the Rock Johnson, yeah. yeah. Um, we can't all be the rock. We can't all. Face it. <laughs> there wouldn't yeah. be enough room on this earth. It's amazing that he even exists. He's a wide man. He's a large boy. Who's wider? You want to say Adam Driver, don't you? I know you've just, you've literally (laughs) just found any way of bringing Adam Driver into the podcast. Into the relationship. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. She corrected. (laughs) He's a very wide, he's like a fridge, that man. Look, the fridge comparison has been made many times, but let's not drift He's a sexy fridge. Well, let's not objectify him because, you know. No, 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 no. But he's sexy fridge. (laughs) Anyway, um, I see it as uh, harmful masculine stereotypes. Okay, that's a much more succinct way of putting it, actually. (laughs) Harmful is the, yeah, Yeah. is the the key element there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you were saying that you you kind of, um, the phrase man up is what Mm. you feel perfectly encapsulates that whole attitude. Because what does that mean? You know, mm. oh, man up. Oh, yeah. okay. 
be tough. Don't, you know, boys don't cry. Yeah. All of that absolute bullshit that has been ingrained into the minds of boys and girls for years. You know, it's obviously toxic masculinity affects us all. And this is the thing that Mm. I'm trying to get across. You know, it affects our men because they're told that they can't cry, that they can't be soft, that they can't Mm. be feminine, that they can't, you know, feel anything. That's what creates the harm. Absolutely. That's that's what leads to a dark place. And it affects affects women because then, you know, there are women, unfortunately, there are some women that feel that, that use these terms as well. And this is what upsets me. This is, this is what I wanted to come on to, is is women using those terms. So I've been in relationships before. So when you said the phrase man up, and we've Mm. talked about this previously, Mm. I'm like, oh my God, I've only ever heard that, or certainly my only memory of hearing that Mm. is from uh, ex-partners of mine saying it to me. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's one of those things that even as it was said, I didn't necessarily buy into because, again, I think I've probably been fortunate that even though, you know, I've been brought up in, I don't know, I guess I guess a patriarchal family, but at the same time, never to the degree where... A patriarchal Your house would not exist if it wasn't for your mother. Oh, God, I know that. Yeah. But, you know, it's very much like I when I grew up, I very much felt dad was in charge. Do you okay. know what I mean? But but not to the degree where it was like, you know, Dickensian father who would then, you know... No, you didn't fear your dad. No, no, absolutely. absolutely I think not. that's the big thing. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that as well, you know, because there's a certain strength that gets exhibited by fathers at times mm. that the son then feels he has to bear the burden of when, yeah. when he becomes an adult. But... You know, that even as it was being said to me, the phrase man up, I was mm. like, I, I don't think I buy into that framework. Mm. And maybe that's going to be a problem in, the in this re- relationship. You know I mean? yeah, because, <laughs> because I feel like the partner that I had at the time mm. required that of me. And, and, you know, talking about times when I've, I've felt that attitude perpetuated by females, um, you know this story because it, um, it was since we've known each other. But one of my friends when I was talking to the, my female friends, when I was talking to them, I was saying about I'm a vegetarian. Hmm. And she literally said, what sort of a man is a vegetarian? As Which if like, made me want to punch her in the face. Like it made <laughs> you less than a man. It's to, ridiculous to not eat meat. To not eat dead animals. You're not having steak. <laughs> Big gay in it. You know, it's, a, it's very well, much it, like it was, that. Yeah, it was a bit of that sort of attitude. Expressed, and it's just so you know? gross. And it's so, because yeah. I don't know whether it's because, you know, you know, I grew up in, with a, in, in a matriarchal household. Yeah, yeah. You know, I grew up with with a very strong mother, a very strong grandmother, mm. and my grandfather, who doted on my nan, who was. And this is the thing I'd like to point out because you know we were talking about the, the whole alpha male, beta male bullshit as yeah, well, yeah, which yeah. I also don't buy into. Mm. Like my granddad would have, you know, you, you might have categorised him as, you know, in his later years as a, a quote-unquote beta male. Mm. But this is also my granddad, who was in the Royal Engineers Regiment, who fought mm. in World War Two. Yeah. who, you know, he came from a, 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 a traditional Irish Catholic household. Mm. Like, it's just, just because he loved my nan mm. and wanted my nan to be happy, yeah. all of a sudden that, that somehow strips away some of his masculinity. I don't yeah. think so. Yeah. So even though I grew up in what would be called a matriarchal household, my granddad was still, he was every bit a man. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Well, this, is, this brings to mind, even though I'm talking about my household not being, not mm. exhibiting that attitude, I know I grew up in a household that never really, we didn't express our feelings no. much, if you know what I mean. I think that came from dad, because mm. dad's not necessarily the person um, to express that sort of emotion on, on a regular basis. Don't get me wrong, we're not, we weren't starved of affection. No. But I do feel like it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't a comfortable experience to express feelings. Mm. You know what I mean? It wasn't, it wasn't a comfortable feeling, if mm. that makes sense. And, and maybe that took me a while to learn you know, m- maybe in my relationships, that that yeah. was okay. And also also having an environment within the relationship where that's okay to do. Yeah, one of the things I love about you is how you express your emotions, is how you don't keep it sort of bottled up and things like that, because I don't, I don't, think, that's, I don't think that's healthy or conducive to, you know, a, a functioning relationship in any way. Mm. Well, I think being able to share our feelings, mm. I mean, that, I, know, I know it's, even as I say it, it sounds a bit cringy. I know there's people that hate the phrase sharing your feelings. But then if I were to say it, would it sound cringy? You know, if it came, yeah. if it came from a female voice, would it sound, you know, that I really am appreciative that I'm in a relationship where I can share my feelings. Mm. It doesn't, mm. you know, so it's even that, even that feeling 
shouldn't I, exist. I guess that's the the bottom line here, isn't it? The idea that sharing feelings exhibits weakness. Mm. Um, and obviously the male is traditionally discouraged from displaying weakness. Yeah. You know, you look at an, from an evolutionary perspective, mm. you know, the hunter-gatherer male again we come back to, displaying weakness would be a very bad idea for your survival. Very true, yeah. but we have come on a long, long way since then. Uh, but, but what I'm, we wear talking, socks. But we're talking origins. Yeah. Occasionally wear socks. Um, <laughs> I'm actually not wearing socks right now. I'm, I am wearing socks, but no doubt with holes in. That's <laughs> what I do. Um, but, you know, the, that is, we talk about origins of these ideas. Mm. And there's a lot of things we do that this more evolved society we live in, yes. our, our responses aren't geared for. You know, mm. we talk, we've talked before about the fact that with social media and the internet, there's more information coming in than we can emotionally handle. Yeah, yes, because absolutely. Because as, as human beings, we evolve over thousands and thousands of years. And we've still got the brain we would have had in the Tudor times. Exactly. And yet the technology we have far outstrips our ability to evolve into comfortably handling all of that. Absolutely. And, and I think emotionally, again, we're, we're hopefully creating a society where there aren't such strictly defined gender roles. Mm, this is what I'm hoping Be- Because for. it doesn't need to be. No. Yeah, they needed to be back in the day, yeah, because mm. there were certain functions. You know, we had to really... Um, Women didn't go out to work. We had to strip down mm. our process to survive because it was a battle for survival, if mm. you know what I mean. These days, everything functions differently now. And you would hope as well... You know, so, I mean, I know you're more of a Star Wars person than a Star Trek person, but uh, <laughs> Star Trek has this universe where people have evolved beyond just fighting with each other, mm. you know, and, and the whole idea of, um, you know, of Star Trek is that it is seeking exploration and, and connection and things like that. Yeah. And, and, and that's why anyone that goes against that is, is, is strange. It's they become the villain, if you know what I mean. Mm. But that's okay. Hopefully, that, yeah, kind of, well, no, you're, on, you're back onto Marvel again now. No, not not him. Who? What who did Benedict Cumberbatch play? Khan. Khan. Oh, Khan. I do apologise. <laughs> you've got your you've got your nerdy villains mixed up. Live there. long and fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> but the point being, point being, um, we are hopefully evolving to a place where we don't have to have such strictly defined gender roles because we're yeah. not having to have this constant battle for survival. Absolutely. Or, or hopefully we're not. You know. Also, gender's a spectrum. Anyway, I've said this for for years and years because you know, as we sit here, I'm sitting here, you know, with my with my legs wide sitting here or like leaning over on a chair Mm. and you're sitting across from me with your legs crossed, sitting up and everything. So like I'm sitting quite masculinely, if you will. And, and you know what I mean? But it's just, but it doesn't mean anything. No, I suppose. Yeah. I've always, I've always, yeah, I guess. I just, I don't know. I just, I think, I think I've always been, you know, I was never like a tomboy as such. Mm. But I was deaf, which is a bit of a weird, a weird phrase anyway. Mm. But I just, I don't know. I just kind of think gender roles as a whole mm. aren't aren't what they were, and I'm just really, really happy that we're gonna, we're trying to move well, away. From well, this it. is the thing. We could very easily steer this discussion into a you know a talk about misogyny and mm. things like that, which we don't want to do. I know no. we said that beforehand. We want to keep it on men's mental health, you know. But these discussions have to incorporate a bit of that because it's the attitude that gets it's one perpetuated. Absolutely, you know? you know, it's it's that it's that feeling of. Honestly, and this this obviously gen- overgeneralizes, and especially, and I'm aware I am coming from a woman's perspective, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like one of the main issues surrounding men's mental health is this idea of what you should be doing. Yeah, I agree. You know? I agree. Yeah, and I think there's so you know you've got two options here. You either say that expressing emotion doesn't display weakness. Mm-hmm. You know, you say it displays strength, the ability to be comfortable with how you feel and to allow other people to share that. Or you give the attitude that um, it's okay to display weakness because we're all going to feel weak at times, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's about what's happened here is that there's certain elements to this equation mm-hmm. which won't allow just men to just feel comfortable. I'm struggling. I need help. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what's got to change because right now this is what's leading a lot of men into a dark place and mm. you know you might be listening to this podcast and thinking well I don't know any men that struggle or you know but you, you do, do but they're not sharing that yeah. you know it's like if your if your other half has times when they seem a bit insular and a bit closed down or they seem a bit fraught or mm. short-tempered you've got to remember that men's way of breaking down in tears 
is to exhibit anger. Yeah, it's just go, another emotion. They will go to their emergency strength rather than their emergency um, feeling. If you, yeah. I, I can't think of, a, I don't want to say weakness. I, I'm when, so like I, I witness this when I'm I'm talking to people about the mental health that women are more comfortable going to tears and all that cry for help you know so we've all had that thing where we're crying on a friend's shoulder or we just need somebody to put their arms around us and say look i'm here don't worry yeah Yeah, exactly because in a in terms of functionality in terms of our the functionality of our emotions Mm. when we get overwhelmed and we cry we've learned from an early age that tears will hopefully attract more resources to us people mm. will come and help us people will come and maybe take away the challenge from us or yeah, something like you yeah, know yeah. what i mean whereas men they don't necessarily see that as an option so what have they got okay let's shut this down as quick as possible with anger yeah, yeah? so the point when we get that extra thing in that overwhelms us a woman might cry a man might lash out Punch against it yeah exactly might might exhibit anger mm. and i don't think these are genetically programmed responses. No, absolutely not. Because I feel like there shouldn't be anything wrong with a guy saying, I need help. Yeah. And, and the thing is, if we reach out before we reach overwhelm point, if we talk about it, if we, if we share the fact, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not feeling great today, I'm struggling a bit with this stuff that's going on, yeah. then maybe we don't need to reach the point where it's either tears or, or anger. Yeah. Maybe we can just manage ourselves and, and help and get help from the people around us so that we can move forward even in the face of life's challenges yeah i mean you know inevitably inevitably my mind goes to our our friend and Mm. the thought of i don't know if there had been more discussion if there had been more Mm. talking about stuff would it had Mm. would it have ended the way that it would have this is the thing it's like that thing where we get to the point where we're at crisis point and then it is very difficult because now we're trying to bring someone out of a very deep hole Mm. and i think if if the structure of the way we interact as male and female generally in society was much more even in terms of leaning on each other Mm. then we wouldn't necessarily get to that crisis point so much and again i'm not i'm not making you know displaying any revelation here this is this is out there in 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 the stats this is out there in in the research you know we know that the problem is that men don't just have that rhetoric with each other as well no exactly you know it's it's that whole lads 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 thing that we talk about that stops us being able to just say i i I just want to talk about you know the way i feel yeah and i think i think as well what i want to make clear is whenever we we talk about men's mental health the conversation does eventually, you know, touch on misogyny. And that isn't a, well, look, men are to blame. That's not what we're saying at all. It's mm. very much that misogyny has a big part, big part to play because it's like exactly as you say, it's what we learn culturally mm. and socially growing up rather than what we are predisposed to feel. Yeah. So if there wasn't that culture of boys don't cry, man up, grow some balls, all Mm. of this. If we didn't have that to begin with, Mm. if little boys weren't hearing that growing up, Mm. then I don't think we would have a generation of men who don't know how to to talk about their feelings. Yeah, well, so here's here's the thing. That that whole thing of, you know, manning up or stop being a girl or something like that, you know, that sort of thing. I'm I'm, the networking organisation I was part of for a long time. One of the reasons that I, I left it recently was because I was seeing displayed quite a fair degree of toxic masculinity within yeah. the room, which, you know, those those institutions, that's, you know, it's like the bloody Rotary Club and things like that and the Masons. There's traditionally a, you know, alpha male vibe about the place. And even though networking is completely, you know, it, it's male and female, there should be absolute equality of gender. It's mostly men at these oh, things. Oh, yeah, when so. I used to go networking, I was I remember once I was one of three women in the room, mm. and that was it. And and the thing that I experienced, so, you know, I remember recently, like, whilst in lockdown, it was an online meeting, um, I said something, it was just general chat before the meeting started, yeah. and one of the male members said, oh, Tim, you're such a girl, you know, like that. Yeah. And I, I was like, oh, my God, that that feels okay to say that in the room doesn't yeah, it? when somebody's yeah sharing something I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a deep conversation you know but that's the sort of throwaway comment mm. that gets in your head and says okay i i can't talk about that stuff can i without yeah. without garnering negative attention mm. yeah and um the thing that i noticed of all the people that have come to see me whilst i've been a member of that networking organization as in from from the members of the group yeah 
the highest proportion of people I see are from the trades. Oh, what do you mean? So like the the traditionally strong masculine yeah. you know stop being a girl man up that sort of thing yeah, yeah. they're the ones that all come to see me eventually because they're at breaking point because yeah because it's just it hits a point where it's too much yeah there's a lot of pressures these days mm. yeah and especially when you know because these are all entrepreneurs as well they're running their own companies so yeah. there's a lot of pressure on them so you talk about work and finance concerns yeah, yeah self-employed they're yeah. amplified you know they yeah. they don't stop when we knock off for the day because we don't really knock off for the day we keep working you know mm. and if we can't just share oh you know i'm struggling at the moment mm. i just feel like i need a bit of time for me or so you know stuff like if we can't just talk that way mm. then what's going to happen well exactly i think the biggest misconception is is when men feel like they've got to be strong for their family but it's like they don't they don't realize that being strong for your family is telling your family when you are struggling yeah that exactly. is where the true strength lies yeah, i yeah. think and this is and we shouldn't be teaching our kids that that we can't talk about our feelings no because that that's just leading that's just a, a ticking time bomb there waiting mm. to go off you know it's going to lead to a dark place eventually but you know I'm, i want to come back to this subject we talk about stigma yes. attached to it yeah yes but one of the things we learned when we did our mental health first aiders oh yes that was, was fun. the idea of self-stigma mm. which i thought was very telling because the pressure we put on ourselves yeah it, oftentimes it isn't that we're not in an environment where we can share mm. it's that our own view of ourself is in an environment where we can't share absolutely you know, we've been brought up to feel like i shouldn't share my feelings that's mm. not good i remember um my sister had a one of her old boyfriends um he was he was like oh again <laughs> <laughs> sorry literally just kicked her phone off of the table. Yeah, no, apologies. I had my legs crossed and I caught myself up in the wire. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my, my sister's old boyfriend. He was he was quite a masculine type, and he was always displaying aggression. You know, yeah. even in like when they were out, and he would often get into altercations and things like that. Yeah. And she would try to say, "Oh, you know, please stop that. I don't like that." You know, but he was he refused to do it. And in the end, I said to her, "Look, if you really want him to stop doing it, mm. tell him you find it really unattractive." Yeah. yeah and that and when she said that to him yeah he stopped he suddenly entertained the idea that maybe it was more beneficial yeah to be able to display the softer side the more the mm. more caring side you know not have to put up that barrier of masculinity all the time mm. and it's funny how i don't know we we have this idea of what represents the best version of us as a man yes and a lot of the time because maybe our partner responds to our strength at times mm. you know that's that's going to happen isn't it but it doesn't mean that every time we're going to want the man to remain strong and combative no because that's not the best version of us well don't get me wrong if we were out and something happened i mean yeah it would be it would be nice for you to to stand up for me kind of thing but you know i think as well we both know i'd be the one being like sorry what did you say sorry what was that huh would you like to i'll be like come away Britt. Yeah. It. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not worth it babe it's not worth it you know is that but you know nobody wants to sort of, you know you don't want to be out with the person who's just starting fights because they don't know how to but that's contain the, their emotions and this is i guess what we're saying is it's not like it's not the oh i, I wanted to talk about mental health but she shut me down or yeah. i wanted to talk about mental health but the lads wouldn't accept it it's just the the everyday the yeah. stuff that we we fail to notice the rhetoric that gets put about that gives us that self-stigma that idea that that's sort of attitude wouldn't be welcome here yeah you know I, I mean we talked about this before but when I was working with my dad in the plumbing company and my dad's quite you know a, a nice well-spoken soft-spoken guy yeah um he's more cerebral than, yes. than you know hands-on like like myself um but Battle he, of wits <laughs> exactly yeah but if he's talking to a tradesman mm. he suddenly became plumstead lad how are we doing yo what was okay but you you are aware i do the same thing i'm aware of it yes. i know who tim will be on the phone to based on how he's speaking and also if he's ever on the phone to someone in the trades or that kind of thing he automatically starts doing a lot more thumbs up even though they can't <laughs> see it and i'm doing it now even though you can't see it but he'll automatically just do more thumbs up on the phone which I find very funny. That's true. I will gesticulate more because I feel less comfortable talking to the trades. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, how do I relate to you then, mate? <laughs> but, you sounded just like Taika Waititi then. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but that's the point, isn't it? It's like we feel like oh, I've got to show a bit more strength here. Maybe I've got to, you know, mm. dumb it down a little bit for the, you know, and I just think it's it's just a really... It's just societal yeah, ridiculousness. And it, and it just does us no good at all, you know. Um but I mean, I, I was, I mean, you know this, I was in a boys school. So I was, I was yes. surrounded by, and I don't know, I don't think 
it was a grammar school, you know, I don't, I'm not saying that just, you know, with any degree of pride, but I'm aware that we didn't have the traditional laddie lad type. We were all no, quite... you were about tough lads. Yeah, kind of, yeah. you know, so, so I feel They're like raw. maybe, yes. but I feel like maybe that was an advantage of mine, yeah. that, that we didn't necessarily, although there were different types of, um, sort of you know toxic masculinity you didn't have any chavs at your school did you no exactly so there were were different types of male stereotypes Mm. yeah but we were never subjected to the idea that we had to be physically tough to to relate to each other you know Mm. and and I think that can be a bit of a burden that that men end up bearing yeah well I think what can we do about it I think is the big thing so obviously I feel like we're healing the world now we're going to put things to rights now are we I feel like there's only so much I can say on this topic yeah. because you know it would be like me asking you to talk about the menopause you know yeah, probably yeah. probably out of your lane out of your your pay grade so that's i mean weeks yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. but i know what i do to help you and i know that it helps you know like yeah. like you weren't feeling great mm. you know this week or last week whenever it was mm. and 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 i recognized a shift in mm. in our relationship because let's be fair here i think it's no secret to know that normally i'm the one that needs a bit of uh emotional mm. support um I'm very aware of that <laughs> but um but equally i will i will put my stuff to the back burner as if i know yeah. you need me yeah yeah you know i will i and and i hope you know i hope that you you yeah. know it comes across it does and... that, that's the thing i know that if i'm um so I, i'm aware there are times when i haven't necessarily shared all of my thoughts mm. because i'm i'm aware that no that will just worry brit and that is a danger yeah I'm, I'm aware that I have will to it awaken my that. anxiety crew members well, exactly yeah this is the thing I have to temper that because I know not to do that to the point where it damages me yeah I know not to simply sacrifice my mental health just to not concern you with something you mm. know so you know we talked about money yeah there are times when I'll make you aware of okay we'll tighten up a little bit because money's not so great at the moment mm. yeah but I don't want to say it to the point where um, I won't introduce that just willy-nilly, as in I won't give you a rundown of finance because I know that that will just get you worrying, mm. you know, things like that. I don't need you to bear that burden and I don't need you to stress about that mm. as well as other things in your life, you know. Mm. Um, but I also know that if I start to get concerned about things, most of the time a conversation with you mm. just relieves so much pressure mm. because it enables me to share those thoughts. It enables you to make it okay that I'm sharing them. I think that's yeah. it. I think you've hit the nail on the head there because we have a, I mean, we spoke about this last week in our relationship podcast, which if you haven't listened to it yet, go give it a listen. But it's about creating that space mm. because like you said, you, you maybe didn't have that space to share your feelings in previous relationships. Yeah. So I think one thing that I think is really important is if you are in a relationship where you you think that the man in your life, be it your partner, your brother, your father, you know, anyone where you think that they are struggling, I think mm. the first thing to do is to to let them know the space is there mm. for them to talk about something completely without being judged, without having, you know, any, do you know what yeah. I mean? Anything I, like this that. This is the thing I would, I would completely, if you would say, right, what, what would I recommend mm. as in to, to create a, a safe environment? If that, you know, just to, yeah. just to minimize all this stuff we're talking about, all the, the effects that, we, that men have to go through. Then for me, it's the stuff that isn't the big stuff. It's not throwing in comments like, oh, that's a bit gay or that's a bit, it's a bit of a girl's thing to do or something mm. like that. But also it is when a man expresses emotion, it isn't just about saying that's okay to do that. Mm. It's about welcoming that side of their personality. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Because as I said before, just saying, oh, I don't like you being so aggressive, you know, in, in this relationship of my sisters. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't cutting it because that person had still decided, but this is the best version of me. I know you don't yeah. like it at times, but don't worry, I'm okay. You know, I won't get <laughs> hurt, that sort of thing. Yeah. Because um, he thought he, he, she was just concerned for his well-being if he got in a fight. No, no. no. I find it unattractive. Mm. That's not a quality that I, that I value in you. Mm. As soon as that was expressed, he was like, oh, okay. So maybe the softer side, the caring side that was there, that was waiting that to come out, out, it's yeah. not just allowed, mm. it's welcomed. Mm. And, and this is the thing that I feel is different about our relationship, is that I know you value my softer side mm. as much as you value my fiercely dominant masculine side that I clearly display <laughs> more often on a regular basis. 
<laughs> I, I, I like that you're laughing at that. Okay, I won't take that personally. Um, but you know, what I mean, that you you value both sides of those Absolutely. my characters because it's all a part and parcel of who I am. Yeah. And I've never I've never gone through a time when I've expressed something about me mm. and felt that it wasn't welcomed. Mm. Not think, just not just accepted, but welcomed. I think that's what comes from from having that that relationship. I think, and mm. and I'm aware. And I know what it's like if you're in a relationship with somebody who is struggling mm. and they just, they're like, a, they're like a closed walnut. Like mm. you, they will not open up. You cannot get them to. Mm. And I need you to know that it's not, it's not personal mm. and it's not on you. And all you can do is create the space, make them feel safe and let them know if there's something that they wish to discuss with you, that they will be heard mm. and they will not be judged and then the rest is up to them. So I'll tell you a story, right? There was, um, during the lockdown, at the start of lockdown, yeah. a lot of people that were in my networking group, back yeah. to that subject, were struggling. I was getting more sort of calls and private messages from the group than yeah. I would normally get. Yeah. yeah. And it was all people that are suffering in silence, that are not telling people what they're going through, you yeah. know? Um, and they would come to me because obviously I'm the therapist in the group, so they feel they can share it with yeah. me. Um, but one of the tradesmen told me a story um, he was, he'd been let down by one of the other trades in the group and he was very much, they shouldn't be part of the group. They're letting people down. They're not fulfilling the work, et cetera, yeah, et cetera, yeah, yeah. you know, and they're doing, doing what, you know, we need to do sometimes is, you know, say, Getting that, out. Yeah. Well, well, you know, some <laughs> member of the group isn't, isn't pulling their weight, you know, because yeah. we're very much a team when, when you're in one of those organizations. Um, but then, so I said to him, look, can you do me a favor? Can you talk to him before we actually take any action as a group? Yeah. yeah. And so, and then he came back to me and he said, right. I've talked to him. We had a real heart to heart, mm. and he t he told me the story of how the guy had very much not broken down, but he'd opened up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he said, "I see it completely differently now. We've yeah. got to support this guy. He needs more support from us." And I thought it was kind of beautiful that these were two tradesmen who probably weren't used to talking to each other on that level yeah. and probably both felt that wasn't the sort of conversation they could have until one of them needed to. Mm. And then what happened, it was completely accepted and they came together on a, on a deeper level than they had before, which I know, I know sounds a little bit out there and probably a little bit, um, I don't know. The thing over... is, it, it doesn't, because if you were talking about two women, mm. we wouldn't bat an eyelid at this conversation. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's very much that, Oh, I know it sounds weird. I know it sounds, you know, I know it mm. sounds, but it just doesn't. And I just, I really, really hope, I know we're getting closer. I know we are because, you know, the stats show we are. Yeah. More men are in therapy or seeing mm. a therapist than, than ever before. Mm. And I know we are getting there. But it's, mm. you know, it's a, it's a, it's a slow shift. I'd say, you know what, that's not necessarily the stat I want to see changing. Yeah. More, more men in therapy. Because for me, managing mental health isn't about going to see a therapist. Mm. Yeah, sometimes we need help. I yeah. get that. And obviously, I'm, of course, I'm going to say that I'm a bloody therapist, you know. But <laughs> Don't do yourself out of a job. For me, you? the stats we want to see changing or the actual behaviours we want to see changing I want to see the, the suicide rates coming down. Yeah. I want to see the fact that people aren't necessarily going to therapy, but they're talking and they're in an environment where talking and sharing is okay Absolutely. so that we don't need to take the drastic action. We don't reach crisis point. Yeah. There's a lot to manage these days. Yeah, the there stressful is. environments that we live in. And that's why it's so vital that we employ these strategies of communication much more. Um, otherwise, those stats are only going to get worse. Yeah. No, that was really, really lovely. I think the thing is, like we were saying, please talk to someone. If not someone you know, someone professional. We kind of end all of our podcasts this way with if anything that we have said has triggered anything or has made you feel a certain way and you need to speak to someone, please, please, please reach out and speak to someone because there is always somebody there to listen. Yeah, and, and if you feel so, you know somebody that's struggling, it isn't just about saying, how are you doing? It's about creating an environment where it's almost encouraged to have that conversation because yeah. and you've no idea how close somebody might be to doing something permanent, yeah. to, to doing something that you know, where, where you'll go back and wish that you'd created a better environment. So, yeah, if we if we could all do that just on a, you know, to a small degree, yeah. it would make a huge impact and make a huge difference, you know. It will. Well, okay. thank you for listening. <laughs>
normally normally obviously we try and in them on a light note but as we said before sometimes we do want to talk about the serious subjects and and I do feel that that this is one of those if you have been affected by anything we've spoken about in today's podcast we will link some resources in the description of the podcast so please do go check them out um we hope you've gained something positive from this podcast if you have please do reach out to us on social media you can find me on instagram at britmariebox you can find tim at timbox mind coach you can also find tim on youtube where he does videos about anxiety mental health and managing your emotional well-being and he's just passed at this point of recording 3,000 subscribers Woo-woo. I mean, so well done so if you would like to add to that number please go find him on youtube Thank you very much for listening. And as always, everyone, whatever you do, keep thinking outside the box. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.